0: All right Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to the second part of the Steelers post-game podcast. I'm Jeff Hartman, senior editor at behindthesteelcurtain.com. Joined as always with Dave Schofield and Brian Anthony Davis and we're dissecting the Steelers' loss. They moved their record to 1 and 1 as they lose to the Raiders 26 to 17 at Heinz Field. All right, let's talk about the tough part. is the defense. Uh let's talk about the injuries. At the end of part 1, Sean Manhan gave us a tip and said too many injuries. Well, they were depleted for sure when you think about not having Bush before the game with a groin, not having Hayden with a groin, uh, losing TJ Watt, losing Tyson Alualu, all these different things. It's going to be tough to grade, but guys, I want to get your knee-jerk reaction here about the defensive side of the ball in regards to, do you look at this performance differently based on the injuries, or is it, hey, you got to perform no matter who's in there? Dave, what do you think?
1: Well, there's just certain things you can't do if you don't have the right personnel to do it. I mean, Joe Schobert's gonna be much better in the in the role next to Devin Bush rather than having to be Devin Bush, if you know what I mean, with something like that. Um, James Pierre is going to be much better on the outside as the outside corner in dime across from Joe Hayden, rather than having to step in and be Joe Hayden. So you want these players to step up and do what they can. But the question is, can you do the same things? And when you're talking about, I mean, my goodness, you're talking about pro bowler uh, Joe Hayden, Two-time defensive player of the year finalist, TJ Watt going out, not playing the second half. Um, Tyson Aluwalu, who was extremely strong last year, Devin Bush, who was a top 10 draft pick. Those are big things to overcome. Guys, you still got to take the field, you still got to go out there and do what you can, but you also know that the that the offense's job is to exploit the the, the, the biggest weaknesses on the defense. And when you take something that is once your strength. And now, what is your weakness? It makes a, it makes a a completely big difference. If you're losing the if you're losing two players that were might have been the weakest links anyway, then you've just got to step in, and you know that's what they're going to attack. Now they're attacking something completely different because your strengths are gone.
0: Brian, what are your thoughts, knee jerk on the defensive side of the ball? Well, Dave said it well. I can actually say
2: that there. Um, the problem with the whole defense is the one injury that I think was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back was of course TJ Watt, because I think if TJ Watt stays in there, you're going to have more pressure. Dave said it earlier. You're not asking guys like high Smith and Melvin Ingram, the third, who I think is absolutely fantastic as, as well. I think Melvin's great, great pickup for that team, but you're, you're changing that three man rotation to a two man rotation. And I think, If he's still in there, and of course it's ifs and buts, but I actually think that uh David Carr Derek Carr is harassed so much more in this game, and uh you know, I'm sorry I just mentioned the name David Carr because I'm having trouble now because I don't know which carr brother I hate more. Um, (laughs) I I despise them both, um, absolutely do. But really, when we're talking about the defense there are some guys that still stepped up and said wait we're still here and I've got to give props out to Cam Hayward that guy is the man of all men on that defense we talk about how important T.J. Watt is Cam he is just a football titan out there and I love watching him play he did everything he could to keep that defense going but I still think knee jerk
0: if you keep T.J. in there you're probably okay. It's a different game. Completely different game. Greg S gives us $5. He's lost either our top guy or second guy on the list from almost every position group on defense. Too much to stop Derek Carr all game. It's tough to disagree with that sentiment. And then Wilson, he gives us a 750. He said, Mean Joe game, 75 games with sacks. The sack streak continued. Yes, it did. TJ making the case for defensive player of the year, this time showing... How much worse the Steelers are without him? I get, I got never thought of it that way. With TJ and and Hayden, they uh they Sarah they like the matchup better. We'll put it that way. So yeah, good point. And the sack streak does continue. The Pittsburgh Steelers defense was able to sack uh Derek Carr twice, and they only but they only had five quarterback hits. And mm-hmm. you know TJ Watt did have one of those, and he didn't play a long time. Melvin Ingram had three. Jameer Jones actually had one, and that was the that was it for quarterback hits. Guys, let's start off. We'll talk about the pass rush. We just rattled off those stats. Let's talk about the pass rush uh for the Steelers. Uh the sacks where TJ Watt had one and Melvin, Melvin Ingram. Ingram had the other. His first for the Steelers. Great out the pass rush, Dave. Go ahead.
1: Well, I mean, there was some times where it was effective, like when Melvin Ingram, you know, got held and had a hold of Derek Card and luckily they caught they. They made the call and you know had the penalty and everything else there. The pass rush, let's just say I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a B minus. It's it wasn't bad, but it wasn't what it needed to be either, if you know what I mean. Um kind of expected a lot more. I mean, but I don't want my expectations to fall off a cliff when TJ Watt's not out there, but TJ Watt wasn't out there at the same time. And and it just it just didn't seem to be was it just me or was Alex Highsmith not even rushing the passer all the time, if you know what I mean? He was setting the edge on the run and things like that. I got to go back and watch that to see if that was just where I noticed it a couple of plays or if that was something that happened more often. So all in all with the pass rush, it wasn't like it was terrible. It just wasn't nearly as effective as what it was the previous week. And obviously because of the small sample size of stuff, that's what we had grown to believe.
0: All right, Brian, grade the grade the pass rush.
1: I'm going a little
2: lower, actually a lot lower. I'm going to go with a C- because really I get everything that Dave's saying, and, and I really appreciate that. But my problem with this is there was really hardly any pressure on Derek Carr in the second half of that ball game. You know, before, before that all happened, before you lost two of your players on defense, in the middle of the game, I mean, in the middle of the uh, first half, you were looking at, hey, this defense is going to be fine. This With this pass rush, they are going to uh, help out the secondary that lost Joe Hayden this week. And it's just when uh, both of those guys went out, everything changed. But when Dave says that, you know, they've got to be able to pick up the slack for losing a guy they absolutely have to and they were not able to on the pass rush end i don't know if scheme changed to help help uh protect them with that and to not go full out that could have been a thing this is a question that i honestly want to ask and it's rhetorical because nobody can nobody can answer this but if tj watt goes out on thursday they're in a lot better shape probably right you you might want to think you might want to think that that could be true because then they have time to plan for it. It's almost like they said, "All right, if something ever happens to TJ, we still have Highsmith at Ingram and we're okay." But that uh, it, it didn't seem like there was a plan for that mid game. That's something that you don't normally plan for. So I get it, but all I'm saying is they were not able to rush the passer that much with much effectiveness, with the exception of number eight.
0: Well, What was the matchup we all were looking for? Watt versus Leatherwood. Mm-hmm. And then Leatherwood even leaves the game. And so now they're going into their... Well, about the same time Watt did. Actually. Right. And so you're thinking Ingram or Highsmith should be able to feast on that matchup. And the fact that they only had two sacks, and one of those was TJ Watt who left the game, is really astonishing to me. So yes, this the streak continues. And yes, that's great. But at the same time, this is a game and, and I talked about it on other on Raiders podcasts. And when I was asked questions, how do you best defend against Darren Waller is you don't give Derek Carr time to throw. And they did that early. But then when Watt went out, like you guys said, it just kind of became monotonous and, and it wasn't much and maybe they got fatigued. It's still early in the season. It was warm. It was a warm day in Pittsburgh. They're used to getting some time off. I'm not creating excuses. I'm going to give the pass rush a C just based on the fact that they should have done more. In my opinion, Dave, what do you Well, you say?
1: said you, you brought up Derek Carr and I know we're going to, we want to, we're focused on the Steelers and that's our problem. Sometimes we focus so much we're, we're wearing our black and gold goggles. We're looking at what the Steelers are doing. If you go back and look at the Monday night game, even, you know, that they, that they pulled off at home. And you look at this week, Derek Carr played way better today. He played really well. He had a great game. He didn't make the mistake that you kept looking for, you know, and that we were looking for all the time and, you know, was very efficient with the offense and didn't force it to Waller. If Waller wasn't available and did everything that he needed to do. It's almost like pulling that game out on Monday night, gave, gave him some confidence and some swagger that he could go out there and do anything and actually take care of the football and not have to take chances to do what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And he just, and really that's one thing that you have to say is that this Raider team on off their offense looked way better than I think that they did on, on, on Monday. Well, specifically Derek Carr.
0: Well, the loss of Watt was huge. Brian mentioned that, but uh, to me, the loss of Joe Hayden was bigger. I felt like the loss of yeah. Joe Hayden because when you, even when you have Melgra, Melvin Ingram and Highsmith in there, you had no one there to lock down the other receiving option. And you give, we saw Justin Lane out there way more than anyone, any of us would have liked. Um, James Pierre had was hit or miss in terms of his play. It looked like they were grasping at straws and trying to find someone out there to, okay, who can we put out there and make a play? We saw uh, Akella Witherspoon for the first time. He gets burned by rugs deep for 61 yard touchdown reception. It, it just seemed like the cornerback depth, it, it is what it is. It's been all season. It's yeah. just not that great. If you have Sutton and Hayden as your primary two, you're fine without Hayden. Well, we saw what it was. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that secondary. Now uh, let me go over some statistics here. Derek Carr finished. Uh, 28 of 37, 382. Good Lord. Yep. 10.3 average, two touchdowns, no picks, sacked twice, 126.2 rating. Uh, Ruggs had five catches for 113. Darren Waller, five for 65. Renfro, five for 57. Drake, five for 46. Brian Edwards, three for 40. Goodness gracious, guys. Let's grade the secondary. Dave, go ahead. Um, I'm just – I'm going – let's
1: – I'll go – just a regular D I, I, I keep forgetting what letter to go on. Um, just because like Cam Sutton last week, we saw him flying to the ball all the time. It just didn't seem quite the same. Um, the biggest thing has to be given up. I mean, third and 10 down to get off the field, get the ball back for your offense, whole different ball game, 61 yard touchdown. You know, that's, that's really what what it comes down to, as much as anything. And I mean, if you if you look at it, I mean, let's just real quick. The Steelers knew they needed to to, to try to keep Darren Waller. Dar- there it's Darren, right? Darren Waller. Darren in check. Waller. Yes. And I mean, and and look at what he's done. What was his stat line again?
0: Waller five catches yeah. for. Let me see here. Sixty five. Sixty five. He had seven targets.
1: Okay, well, let's look at some of his last games. Last week he was 105. His final games of, of 20 of 2020 going backwards 117, 112, 150, 75, 200. I mean, this is the most he's been cut he's been kept in check since my goodness, you know, week 12 of last season. So they did that, but in doing that, it seemed like, like for example, Minka Fitzpatrick was so focused on Darren Waller on that long touchdown you're not you don't know if he didn't make the right reaction or if he was doing what he was asked to do you know yeah. what i'm saying i'm i mean jeff you said that all he's got to have the deep middle on that unless they were specifically had something else in mind for waller and so you took away the one thing but you let the other things burn you
0: so you gave it a, what was your trade? It was a, it was a D. There you go. Do we care what the letters are? Oh, I like- do. <laughs> I do. I'm a teacher. Uh, yeah. Let's go. Brian. You know, it's I'm not s- that. So Dave? I'm not no. that kind of teacher. But anyways, yeah. Brian <laughs> teach PE. Um, Brian, go. <laughs> <laughs> so you definitely
1: would agree to these kinds of performances.
0: They all get A's. Brian, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> then it should be pass fail. <laughs> yeah.
1: Did you remember your, did, did you, you remember wear your P.E. Clothes, clothes today? Yes.
0: <laughs> 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 Brian, no. go ahead. Rub dirt baguette. in it and take a laugh. Sorry, <laughs>
1: right. We've got to find something else to like laugh and well, smile people about. People
0: are acting like the team was like, I yeah. mean, completely obliterated. I mean, come on, people. Like, I get it. I get it. They lost. They didn't look good. But guess what? They get to play yeah. next week at home against Cincinnati. Yeah. Like, it's not a playoff loss. Playoff losses. This is what it feels like. Anyways, yeah. Brian, I I digress. Go ahead. Well, you know, it's not week
2: two of 2019 when you lose your franchise quarterback and and you lose the game as well. So, you know, I mean, look, it is a long season. You know, Jeff Hartman had a show on Let's Ride saying, hey, it's going to be a bump, uh, a title that was, it's going to be a bumpy ride this year. You know, don't expect them to start off 11 and 0. And that's probably my final thoughts. So I probably you know messed all that up. So you can give me an F. You can give me an F. Good show, folks. We'll see you next (laughs) week. (laughs) But you know what? I mean, what do you give this this defense? I mean, this uh, secondary. They had no. We've realized how important Joe Hayden is, and that's something they've really got to think about. You don't have the guy on the other side like a Steven Nelson last year that was able to pick up that little bit of a slack and bring everybody in. You don't have that other side, so you're you're really left half-naked out there when you lose number 23. But those guys still get paid, and they still have to come out and play. And we've seen other opponents in the last couple of years that lose their top corner, and the guys come in, come in, and they beat you down. So these guys did not step up. So I could be, I hate giving grades because you'd say, oh, you're just being way too harsh when you give them an F, but I've, I've given other, I've given other Fs. I gave an F to the running attack that has a running back that I think is fantastic and had a good game. So if I'm, if I'm giving a running game that includes Najee Harris, who I think is a bright spot for this team, and Jeff said is a winner, then I have to give this th- this defensive backfield an F because they blew it on that on that Henry Ruggs play. Like Jeff said or like Dave said, Minka might have been asked to do that. That's true. But still, they were not able to keep up without Joe Hayden in there. And when you lose TJ Watt and even Tyson, you know what's going to happen? They're going to suffer even more and more because we've talked about this all the time. When the Steelers didn't have the pass rush in the in 2015 and 16, when they didn't have those guys going after the quarterback, those the defensive backs were left out on an island. So when they lost those guys, they lost even more than just Joe Hayden. But doesn't matter. They couldn't pick up the pieces.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give them an F. It's when you look at Derek Carr's stat line. My goodness, like it was. It was bad. We'll just put it that way. It was really bad. And, and honestly, when I watched the Henry Ruggs touchdown, my first reaction when I saw the safety kind of slipping, like falling on the turf, I'm thinking, oh, man, Trey Norwood was out of position. I almost tweeted it out, and they showed a replay. I was like, wow, that was Minka. Never mind. <laughs> Norwood was on the blitz. So we're going to get to one more aspect before we do that. I think it's Tavia Jones. I'm apologize if I mispronounce it. He gave us five dollars, but didn't leave a comment. So here's his comment. He said, "Aloha from Oahu, Hawaii." I'm jealous. Wish I was in your spot instead of yeah. where I am. He said, "Appreciate your channel. Love all the content." At attrition is as much part of the game as a good defense or offense. I couldn't agree more. And make sure you check out our podcast channel. You're missing content if you're just following us on YouTube. So check it out wherever you get your podcast Search Steelers are behind the steel curtain. Subscribe and follow so that you don't miss any of that audio only content okay let's talk about the rush defense before we head over to special teams and finish it up the rush defense uh not bad uh they gave up 52 yards on 25 carries for a 2.1 average again all things considered dave what's your grade there
1: okay say that one more time what was it how many yards? 25
0: carries for 52 yards a 2.1 yard average 52 yards but 31 of those yards were in the fourth quarter.
1: Mm. Now you can say, you can look at that in two ways. The one way to look at it is to say, oh yeah, when they really needed to stop the run at the end, they just couldn't do it. Or the other way you look at that is my goodness. If you are looking at the time of possession, which I'm to Oakland, which Las Vegas had by almost a 10 minute advantage, you can understand how they could be getting worn down, but still, even when you're worn down, you got to dig deep and try to do it. So the run defense was really, really good the whole game, but yet at the very end, when you needed it, it just, it, it, it was right there. I'm still going to give it a B plus.
0: All right, Brian, what's your rush defense grade?
2: I like that. I could honestly say that uh, you could give them a B or a B plus because they were going after it. It just wasn't enough, but it wasn't really their fault. They still went after it. But I talked earlier that when TJ went out, you just didn't have the same rush. And if you could have gotten to car more, you couldn't. But that's the way that it was set up. So I'm probably going to have to just not to be too hypocritical from what I said before, maybe I throw it down to a B minus.
0: Yeah. I'm going to do a B minus. I Mike Tomlin says that all the time, situational football, being able to win in certain situations and, and stopping the run. Like Dave mentioned in the fourth quarter was something that's a situation you have to be prepared for and they couldn't do it. So that's what I'm going to do. I, I do. I normally would just gloss over this, but I don't think you can. We do need to talk about special teams. Chris Boswell nails a 56 yard field goal longest in Heinz field history. I thought Presley Harvin represented himself much better this week than he did last week, uh, with some big punts. guys, you don't have to grade the special teams, but I felt like if there was a bright spot, I thought special teams was, was, was pretty good. And honestly, Ray, Ray McLeod, I felt could have almost had a return for a touchdown. If he just tried to take it to the boundary instead of cutting it up. I don't know. Maybe that was just the angle. Dave, what are your thoughts on the special teams?
1: Uh, yeah, like to me, the, the biggest winner is, is a new Heinz field. I'm going to say NFL record. Cause I can't go back and verify that there hasn't been a, a college kick longer than that, uh, okay. um, at, at Heinz field of, you know, a 56 yards. I mean, that's really the person who came through with all his opportunities more than anyone is, is the Boz. and, you know, Harvin punted well, they, they, they covered much better, um. With everything, so the special teams and all, you know what's funny is even though they didn't play as consistent last week, they got the touchdown. This week, they played much more tight, much more consistent, but you didn't get the big splash play like you did last week. Yeah all right, Brian, what do you think about the special teams?
2: You know, Dave, I've watched a lot of college football in my lifetime. I don't think there's ever been a college kick more than fifty-six yards. Really. <laughs>
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I, I know the NFL stats. I can't verify. That's hey, a, there's high school games play there too. That's a a CYA. Kick kick yeah. You get fifty-seven yarders. Then not I'm since, sure we already not heard since
0: heard Dave Schofield kicked back in high school did a fifty-six yarder. Absolutely, um, that's
2: a CYA, Dave. Answer. I love it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Special teams, man. I, I can't complain about the special teams. And when Danny Smith Jr. is your coach, that's hard to do, hard not to complain about him, really. But today, you know, they they really if you were giving out a game ball, and I know we're not, but if I had to give out a game ball, it's probably to Chris Boswell, and uh maybe I, I'm thinking as an alternate Presley Harvin the third. And so you, you know what I mean. I thought I thought the special teams were fine. The nice thing about it is when you bring out Boswell, you there's not a worry right now. You feel like he's gonna make every kick. When my butt I'm sitting next to my buddy, I I love him, but he's pessimistic. He's like, ah, 56. No one's I'm like, Boswell's gonna nail this. There's no doubt in my mind because he's Boswell and he's he's at that level right now. So no, good job by the special teams.
0: Absolutely, and I'll tell you what. Kudos to the Steelers for sticking with him. I mean, in, in an NFL where kickers get tossed around like spare change, they, they could have cut cut ties with him and said, "You know what? We'll eat the cap hit. Doesn't matter. He stinks." Stuck with him. He's he's made him look like geniuses for sure. all right What do you guys want to call? I feel like instead of game balls, we do like a dud of the week. I feel like we should do the opposite of a game ball. Let's do the dud of the week. So, if you were to pick a dud of the week. For this loss in week two, who would it be? Dave will start with you.
1: You just make up something new, and I'm supposed to already be ready.
0: Come on, Dave. You're smart. You're smart. A, I a, think yes, on your feet.
1: a dud of the week. Yeah, the there's dud? one that's an obvious oh. answer. Um, the biggest dud of the week. Um uh Brian looks like he's ready. Yeah, I, honestly, it's 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 gotta be. I almost went with this one. Let's go with let's go with Witherspoon. I mean, I don't know if he played more than one snap. That's the only snap I saw him on the field. I really that want to was see his, his only snap.
0: snap. Boy was that Was bad. it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I don't know what I'm saying but if it was, yeah. that would be awful.
1: So, if that's if that's the case then I'm going to say then that was a pretty big dud. But uh, you know, sometimes who knows? Maybe he's one of those corners that was out there getting the job done and you never heard his name and you never saw yeah. him until that one was there. I just didn't see him on the field before that. All right, Brian,
0: do you have a dud of the week?
2: Yeah, it hurts me to say this, and it could be because of the offensive line, but
0: my dud is Ben. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with that. My dud of the week is Mike Tomlin failing to go for it on fourth and a yard. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. I'm sorry, but that is one of those situations where you talk about living in your fears and all this BS that you pump out in press conferences, and then when it comes down to when the rubber meets the road, you punt. And you have a running back that, if you just get a little bit of push, he will get the yard. And we've seen Najee in the entire almost all the preseason three games. And we've seen him in two regular season games now. If he doesn't get hit three yards in the backfield, he's going to get the yard. And you also have a 6'4, 250 pound quarterback. That's did you my trust of the life.
1: offensive line for him to not get hit in the backfield on fourth? And what field. a damning, what question. a
0: damning statement though. And you yeah. also have Derek Watt that you haven't even used. They didn't yeah. even use him. I don't think today once if if they did, I, I was not aware of it. wasn't paying attention to it, but it, that's pretty damning. So my dud of the week is Mike Tomlin failing to go for it on fourth and inches because yes, you punted the ball, you ball and yes, they got the ball back. You lost a lot of time, a lot of time. And, and, it, and when you're two scores down, you cannot, in my opinion, just say, well, we'll hopefully we'll get it back. There's no guarantee you're ever going to get the ball back. So that's my dud of the week is yeah. Mike Tomlin living in his fears. Good, Dave.
1: Oh, I was going to say you could pile on that to me. Then, then, then a dud is the offensive line because if you don't yeah. trust your offensive line to get you a half a yard on fourth down, even deep in your own territory, then you don't have a you don't have an offensive line.
0: Yeah. Okay, uh, Brian, do I talk about that at all? Or are you good? No, I I think you're right
2: on with that. But I, I, would, I would like to uh, throw a wrench in things and just bring something up real quick that sure. if I missed it, I do apologize. I don't know where my head is at today. But there's two guys that I've I've heard getting a lot of flack the last two weeks and in live chats today, and it's the uh, inside linebackers. And I really thought I, – I did not think Joe Shobert really had a bad game. In fact, I did like his coverage on that one play when he did break it up, and I thought Robert Spillane was flying to the ball. So awesome. I – I would actually give those guys some credit for actually being a bright spot in this
0: game today. Spillane led the team with tackles with 12, eight solo tackles, one tackle for loss Joe Schobert, 10 tackles, seven solo and had two pass defenses as well. Statistics show that they weren't bad. They led the team in tackles this week, one and two Spillane and Schobert. So, okay, let's do some final thoughts and we'll finish it up. Dave, we'll start with you. Final
1: thoughts are, It's funny because what I feel that we got out of week two from the Steelers was kind of what I was expecting from week one. I was expecting the offense to not be sharp, which it wasn't in week one to start either. I was expecting not everything to go their way for the Steelers to not be playing perfect football, um, to be a work in progress. And that's what we that's what we saw in week two. And we didn't see it as much in week one, or maybe we did see it and we kind of overlooked it more because the Steelers pulled off that victory. I, I said it before you they, the Steelers. You needed to win this game. You, you went from being a six and a half point underdog in week one on the road and winning to a five and a half, which even moved up more to, to six, maybe even more point favorite going into this game. And you drop it at home. Now the injuries Starting at eleven thirty with the injury report, when because I was hopeful both those guys were going to play, and then they couldn't. When they started to the mount up, you had a lot of things working against you. And if if this is a team that everything has to go right for you personnel wise, then you are going to have games like this. You are going to have games where guys are out, guys are dinged up, and if you and if you can't overcome, then you are in trouble. But it's week two. It's week two. You need to go move on from this. Learn from it, grow from it, get into your AFC North football, wake up the offense, regroup on defense to say, hey, we've got it, we've got to try to get it done with who we got, and come out here next week and give a better performance for that home crowd.
0: Well said. Brian, final thoughts.
2: One of the greatest numbers in Pittsburgh Steelers history is number 12 but this week 12 was a bad number once again and the reason it was a bad number because last week the number was 11 and in the playoff game it was 10 and before that 9 8 7 6 as we go on the reason i bring that up is the steelers are not they 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 stretched their streak to 12 games of not being able to score on the first drive mm-hmm. And that's a problem and they cannot continue to do that. Now I told my friend, I'm like, this is a second half game. The Steelers will be back. They will score some points. They looked a little bit better in the second half than they did in the first half, but they had a lot going against them today. This was a very winnable game in a lot. Even late in the game, they had an opportunity to win this game and pull this out. But The planets did not align for this team and they were not able to rise up to the challenge of the injuries and the misfortune that they suffered. But that's something that this team works on. We have seen in the last 15 years of Mike Tomlin football, that this team does not give it up. They don't give up. They don't quit after a one and one season at the beginning of the season after week two guys fans ladies don't give up because we might be talking about a six game winning streak with this team because this team does that they they're named after steel they have hearts that beat in their chest that are tough and they're resilient and they come back said it was going to be a bumpy road dave said it well when he said this is the game that he expected last week yeah A lot of us did last week. Then that game happens last week and they pull it out and we think there's going to be magic. And we, we think that they're going to overcome everything thrown their way. They couldn't do it this week. They're learning from this game and they will keep on going. Don't throw in that terrible towel just yet, my friends.
0: Adam White gave us $5. Says the Bills look great today. Played two two good teams and lost to one of them without key players due to injury. No need to panic yet. I, I agree with that, Adam. Thank you for the tip. We appreciate it. And then we have another one from <clears throat> excuse me. Oak- Oakham's Ox. Gave us $4.99. I think I said that correctly. Occam's Ox. Ockham's Ox, my bad. Just got home from the game. Crowd was certainly fired up. Drag, drag to drop this one, but it's only week two. Lots of football left. Get healthy for Cincinnati. Yeah, here's the thing. I'll finish this show up with this. I'll be brief. Every single time the Steelers have won a Super Bowl, it hasn't been perfect. The season hasn't been perfect. They, they've had injuries. They've dropped games. They've lost games. They probably should have won. It is what it is. You move on to the next one. Again, a lot of fans are treating this like it was a playoff game. It's not. Week three, Cincinnati comes to town. You got to take care of your business at home in the division. It's going to be a big game. Make sure you stay tuned to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and our audio platform for all the latest and greatest stuff leading up to this game. Um, that's it. We'll be back next Sunday. Another one o'clock kickoff for the Steelers Post Game Podcast. Take it easy, everyone. We'll see you next week.